My name is Maya Taylor, and I will be reading the scripture today. We are reading from 1 Corinthians, no, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 13, 3-9. If you are reading from one of the Bibles that we provide on the rack, it is on page 971. If you do not own a Bible, please take that home as our gift to you. 2 Corinthians 13, 3-9 says, He is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. We also are weak in him, but in dealing with you, we will live with him by the power of God. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this is about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test, but we pray to God that you may not do wrong, not that we may appear to have met the test, but that you may do what is right, though we may seem to have failed. We cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. For we are glad when you are weak, when we are weak and you are strong. Your restoration is what we pray for. Awesome. Thank you, Maya. Oh, good morning. So good to see everybody. So good to see everybody. So, uh, such a great day. I love Easter. You guys know I'm a big fan of Easter. And, uh, and it's a doubly good day today. Today is also opening day. Uh, opening day. Baseball season starts today. And uh, so I, just, I love that they call it opening day. I also love that uh, Jesus gave us the original opening day, opened up a grave and said, I'm coming out, peekaboo. And, uh, and so that, that's just awesome. So it's, it's, a, it's a doubly good day. Um, so we are going to dive into this sermon today um, and, uh, and really uh, dig into this. So you know, I love that verse that she just read, uh, the first one she read, where she, where she said, um, uh, he's not weak in dealing with you, but he's powerful in you. He's powerful in you. And, and here's the thing is that when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, uh, and maybe you're not there yet, maybe you're, you're here and you're just, uh, you know, you're like just checking it out. Somebody conned you into a free donut. You didn't know they were bringing you to church, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And, and, uh, and, th- and that's fine. Uh, but, but when we first begin faith in Jesus Christ, it, it, first of all, it's, it's super exciting. We, we feel, I mean, emotionally, it's like, a, it's like the top of the roller coaster. I mean, it's just, it, it's off the hook exciting. And, and you just feel like you made the best decision of your life and, th- and that sort of thing. And then if you've been in a Christian for very long, what you'll find is uh, that where there's a top of a roller coaster, there's also a bottom of a roller coaster. And a lot of times emotionally, uh, we kind of bottom out right after we make that decision to come to faith in, in Jesus Christ. And there's all these doubts and there's all these questions and there's all this stuff going on. And, and, and we read verses like, like he's not weak in dealing with you, but he's powerful in you. And, and we read those kind of verses and we go, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I know everybody's talking about this power, but right now I'm feeling kind of weak. I'm feeling a little bit vulnerable. I'm feeling like, uh, you know, I'm having some second thoughts and, and, uh, I'm wondering if I can even do this and I don't want to be a hypocrite. So maybe it's just easier for me to just back away, slowly back away and, uh, and, and make everything all right that way. And so it's just this, all this kind of questions, all this confusion come up. We just don't get it. We just don't get it. Um, we, we, you know, a lot of times when people come to faith in Jesus Christ, uh, it's compared to, because the Bible talks about this process of transformation that we go to go through, it's compared to, uh, a butterfly. 
Like uh, something that starts off as one creature sort of and then ends up as a different, totally different looking, at least different looking creature in in terms of a butterfly. But in God, uh, we're told that we are made new. There's a transformation that takes place. And, uh, And so, again, going through that transformation, sometimes it clicks and then sometimes we're left going... I don't know. I don't think I got it, or I, I, maybe I, maybe it doesn't work on me, or you know whatever else. And, and I don't know if anybody, any of you have ever been there, but it's a pretty common experience. I have I've had a, seri- a, 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 a similar experience years and years ago, uh, probably oh gosh, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years ago, um, when something happened, um, and that was a Krispy Kreme came to my town. Krispy Kreme donuts this morning, by the way, awesome. Uh, and so anyway. Um, Krispy Kreme came to my town, and, and, and you guys remember when Krispy Kreme was coming to every town and the hype, the hype, the hype. Oh, my gosh, Krispy Kreme has come to town. And, and, uh, and, and then the lines, you know, just miles-long lines to get those donuts and everything. And I remember uh, I was actually managing a, a branch of, of a, a company and had, you know, a couple hundred workers that worked there with me. And, and uh, so I decided I would, I would treat everybody on the day that Krispy Kreme opened, and I would go wait in line and get donuts for everybody and bring them back. So I did that and uh, got them back and passed out donuts, and everybody's all excited and everything. I remember I took my first bite of my first Krispy Kreme, and I was going, yeah, that's a donut. <laughs> that's a donut. <laughs> sure is. Sure enough, that's a donut. And I was just I, I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And uh, I, I remember talking to other people. They were like, oh, I love Krispy Because some people had had Krispy Kremes before. It's the best. It's the best. It's the best. And I was like, it's like um, I, I like daylight donuts, too. That's pretty good. And, and uh, you know, I, I mean, I just, I just was not getting it. And, and then something happened that changed my life. And that is I found out about the hot now sign. <laughs> and the hot now sign is where they make their money, Okay. And so the first time I had the cold later donut and, and the second time I went, the hot now sign was on and I picked up a steaming hot sticky donut and popped that thing in my mouth and it just disintegrated and melted immediately. And I was transported to some place I'd never been transported before. <laughs> I suddenly understood the power of the Krispy Kreme. And it, and it was all, it wasn't that Krispy Kreme had changed. It was that I, my experience of the Krispy Kreme was different. I was eating it properly now. I was, I was eating it properly now. And, and, and it was just, it was just absent. And so I'm sorry if we sold, you know, if we gave you cold Krispy Kremes this morning. But, but uh, I'm telling you, go when the hot now sign is on. That's, that's, that's the money. That's the money. And so in, in, in our faith walk, it's a little bit, I think, the same. That we kind of sign up for this uh, transformative experience uh, in the faith and we hear about all this power, all this spiritual power that we're going to receive. And we hear about the power of the resurrection and and all of that kind of stuff. And and sometimes we kind of tiptoe into it or maybe you dive headlong into it or whatever your your experience is. And after you get into it for a little bit, you're you're, kind of left going, I don't know, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I thought I was going to turn into a butterfly. I, mean, I thought I started off as this one, you know, you know, ugly looking worm, you know, and, and, and God was going to transform me into something beautiful. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't get it. I want us to look at another passage today in the book of Isaiah. 
that, that I think really uh, talks about this. And it's in Isaiah, I believe, chapter 40, if you want to flip over there. Isaiah chapter 40. Um, whoop, oh, I just, <laughs> I just shut the Bible and I lost my bookmark. It's going to take me a second. Um, so Isaiah chapter 40, this is what happens. Isaiah is this prophet and he is giving us this prophecy about, uh, he's, he's, kind of, he's kind of bragging on God. Uh, the prophet spent a lot of time bragging on God. And, and, and he's in this process of bragging on God. And he says these words. And, and when I get to the end, you're going to recognize this verse probably. It's, it's one that you've heard. You've seen it on a bumper sticker or a bookmark or something like that. And, uh, and, and so just, just check this out. This is what he says. Uh, verse 28 of chapter 40. It's page 600 in these Bibles from the back. Um, he says, have you not known? Have you not heard? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Then he says this, even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exalted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They shall walk. And this is the deal. When we come to faith in Christ and we go through this process of kind of learning to fly, we've been given wings. We make the mistake of trying to learn, trying to transform into a butterfly when God never meant for you to be a butterfly. He has eagle's wings in mind for you. Eagle's wings in mind for you. He, he doesn't mean for you to flutter. He means for you to soar. He means for you to soar. And we settle so often to just kind of flutter around from flower to flower to kind of, you know, you know, have you ever seen, I mean, we've all seen butterflies fly. There's nothing soaring about a butterfly. It's, it's, it's like this, it's all over the place. And, and it looks very, it looks like a painful process actually for a butterfly to fly around. Uh, like they're struggling with every flap of the wing. And, and, and then, it, but you, if you ever catch a glimpse of an eagle flying, they're not even moving their wings. They're not even moving their wings. There's no struggle. They are just soaring, just absolutely, absolutely soaring. I want to be, I want my Christian walk, my, my faith walk to be one that is marked by the power of God in me, the power of the resurrection alive in me. I want to experience that resurrection power. I don't want to flutter around. I want to soar the way God created me and meant for me to soar. I don't know about you guys, but that's what I want on my spiritual walk. When I signed up and said, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. I didn't want minor adjustments in my life. I didn't want, you know, just, you know, some secret trick to keep my kids from talking back to me. I didn't want some, some, uh, you know, biblical code for, you know, getting rich. I didn't, you know, that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for the transformative resurrection power of Jesus Christ in my life. I wanted a life marked by that kind of power, that kind of power. And so I think this verse kind of lays out a little plan for us. If we look closely enough, lays out a little plan for us, uh, kind of some flying lessons. Some flying lessons. That's what I want to look at this morning. So let's look back in that verse. And if you got your uh, bulletin, you can start filling in blanks. And that'll be good. So uh, this is what the first flying lesson is this. First of all, you need to wake up. Wake up. 
And it's this. I love that phrase where he says, um, have you not known? Have you not heard? In other words, have you been living in a cave your whole life? We serve God. The God of the universe has chosen us as his people. We serve him. The God of the universe. The God that, this is not some sort of uh, weird God that there's a rumor up. We're talking the God who created every fiber of your being. The God who created every molecule of this universe. The God who is powerful, who, who we, t- we tend to think of God, you know, in popular uh, talk today of, you know, somebody that, you know, like we think of the, the George Burns God, the Morgan Freeman God, you know, where we kind of have a, have a chuckle with him, poke him in the ribs, you know, that sort of thing. No, no, no. Every instance where people experienced a, a, an encounter with God, when you read through scripture, there was no rib poking going on. People fell flat on their face. They could not even look up because the God that we serve is a God of power and might. And we are so far removed in terms of likeness from him. So far, there is nothing similar about now. The Bible does say we were created in his image, but that it ends right there that God, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than his, our ways. We cannot even Come to look upon him. People that got a glimpse of him were transformed and changed. You look at the story of Moses when, when he comes down from the mountain, his, his whole face was changed. He had, you know, he was gray and he was shiny. And, and yeah, I mean, just that encounter with God. You look at other prophets who had an encounter with, with God and, and their descriptions. I've talked about this before, but their descriptions are just like, so I saw God and, and, and like from the waist down, it was like fire just fire everywhere. And, and then from the waist up, looking at God, it was like, um, it's like fire. Was, I mean, it's like they can't even come up with descriptions of, of who this is and what it is that they saw. It's just, they're, they're just grasping at straws and trying to try to figure out how to relay what they've just seen. And, and, and we tend to think of, again, this very kind of casual nature about God. And I think, I think when, when Isaiah says, wake up, Have you not seen? Have you not heard? Do you not know who it is that has called you his people? Do you not know who it is who has called you out and has begun begun this transformation process on your life? Do you not know? Wake up. This is God. This is not your crazy brother-in-law. This is not somebody down the street. This is God. God. I think one of the first steps for us to stop fluttering and start soaring is to remember and wake up to the fact of who it is that we're serving. Wake up to the fact of who it is that we're serving. You cannot have an encounter with God and walk away unchanged. When you get a clear view of who he is and who you are and what he did to provide a relationship for you, through his son, Jesus Christ, that kind of love. I mean, we get a couple of these little stories in the Old Testament when people had this kind of glimpse of God, this, this, you know, this kind of physical encounter with God, just a glimpse and how powerful that was. But I'm going to tell you, I think even more powerful than a glimpse, a physical, visual glimpse of who God is, is when you get a glimpse of, of the love that he has for you, you can't walk away from that unchanged. You just can't. 
So wake up. This is God we're talking about. This is God. This is not some self-help guru. This is not, you know, just some guy that lived 2,000 years ago that, that had a lot of good ideas. This is God. All right, step one. Step two is this. We need to hope in the risen Lord. Hope in the risen Lord. He says this in that passage. Um, they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. And I was thinking about that idea of waiting for the Lord. What does that really mean to wait for the Lord? And I really believe it's all about hope. It's all about hope that when we, when, when we are waiting on something that we believe is going to happen, it, be, it is because hope is alive in us. And all of us that will hope, put our hope and our trust in God and really realize who he is, then it helps us soar a little bit more. It helps, us, it helps us have that power because there is power in waiting on, hoping in God. We're called to be a people of hope. We're called to be a people who spread hope. We're called to be, uh, w- w- the Bible says we have a living hope that is alive in us through the power, power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are to keep our hope. Now, here's the, here's the deal. It's so easy for us, so easy for us to just put our hope in ourselves in what we've accomplished or what we might accomplish. We put our hope in our savings accounts. We put our hope in our job security. We put our hope in our, our government. Our, the fact that we were born uh, in, or, or, or live in, in a country that has freedom like America. We put our hope in our, our political, geopolitical standing. We put our hope in all kinds of different things. Last year, I put my hope very early on that the A's were going to be in the World Series, and I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed. I'm going to break it down into a whole different sermon. I've got to stop thinking about that. So, um, but we put our hope in all kinds of things. And Isaiah reminds us, hope in the Lord. Because this is the thing. The Lord is the only one who's never going to fail you. People will fail you. Churches will fail you. Friends will fail you. Family will fail you. Your job will fail you. Your savings account will fail you. All kinds of things in this life will fail you. But the Lord will remain the Lord. Place your hope in Him. Place your hope in Him. And the third thing is this. That we need to um, have a long view of faith. Have a long view of faith. But they that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Listen to this. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Two types of people in this world. There are runners and there are walkers. I'm a walker. I love walking. I can walk all day long. I can walk up and down mountains. But when I start running, um, I start gasping for air. I feel like I'm drowning. I'm just, I'm not a runner. I, I would like to be a runner. I like the idea of running. I think it's a great idea. Um, but I'm a walker. And I love that God in this passage gives equal value to both runners and walkers. <laughs> I love that. I love that he's like, they'll run. You know, he doesn't say uh, they'll run and not be weary. They won't walk. Now, he didn't say that at all. It's like, no, they'll walk. You know, they'll run. Runners run. Walkers walk. That's fine. It doesn't matter. There's no preference there. I love God, right? 
So whether you're a runner or a walker, this is what I, this is what I know. I remember when I was in uh, uh, high school, the first time I ever did kind of a long run, um, and, and by long, I mean more than like a mile or so. It was um, kind of preseason basketball conditioning, and we, our coach made us run through our town. It was like about a five-mile loop through the town. And, uh, and I can remember taking off on that run. I'd never done any kind of distance before in my life. <laughs> I'm like 16, 17 years old at a time. And uh, I take off on that run. He's like, go, get back here before the hour's over. And, uh, and so we all go. And I remember I took off, took off. I'm running, running. I'm, I'm, I'm lanky, I'm skinny. I'm, I'm about 100 pounds lighter than I am right now. Uh, I mean, if you see my high school picture, it looks like I ate that guy. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so anyway, so I mean, I'm, I'm just running, running, running. And, uh, and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm whipping everybody's tail. I'm out front, I'm out front. And, that, and, then, and then I hit about that half mile mark. <laughs> and then suddenly, you know, I get passed and I get passed and I get passed and I get passed. And then I'm, ooh, I'm walking. And, and then I'm looking for places to cut through and shorten the loop and everything else. And I mean, I just, and it was because I didn't have, I, you know, you've, if you've ever been running before, if you've ever done a marathon or any kind of lengthy run, uh, you know, there's the phrase, and, it's, and there's a reason there's this phrase, is because you've got to listen to it. You have to pace yourself. You can't just spend all of your energy right there in the beginning. You have to pace yourself. And the Christian life is a lot the same way. Whether you're running or you're, whether you're a runner or a walker, it doesn't matter. You have to have a long view of faith. Because the, this is what we've all seen. If you've been in the, in the faith for very long, you have seen people kind of come out of the gates, uh, maybe brand new Christians, or maybe just have kind of a, a new awakening, a new uh, uh, experience with God, a new empowering by the Holy Spirit, whatever that looks like in their life. And they come out just stoked and excited and on fire and they want to do everything and they want to teach everything and they want to go on every mission trip. And they're just like, rah, 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 rah. And they're just like, yeah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And, 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 and they do that. And then many times what we have seen is some of those people that are the biggest kind of Jesus cheerleaders will fizzle out in their faith and suddenly they just kind of disappear. And you're like, where did that person go? They used to be so excited about their faith because they didn't have a long view of their faith. They didn't have a long view. And a long view of our faith is critical to us because honestly, in, 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 as, in a, as, in, as is the case in a race, so is the case in our faith. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. It's how you finish. I want to be a person who finishes well. And is there a chance I'll have a bad week this week and fail, I don't know, myself, my family, my God? There's a chance. Sure, there's a chance. But I'm not looking to this week. I'm looking to finish well. I'm looking to finish well. And so when I have valley moments, low moments in my spiritual walk, I will not let that low moment define who I am as a follower of Jesus Christ. I will be defined by the cross. I'll be defined and empowered by the resurrection. By the resurrection, I'm going to have a long view of my faith. I will not get discouraged in times when I am weak because it's not about my weakness. It's about his strength through my weakness. It's about his strength through my weakness. I'm reading a book right now. I'm almost finished with it. It's a, it's a book I've had on my shelf forever. I'm finally getting around to reading it. And uh, it's a, a Eugene Peterson book. He's the guy that, that wrote the uh, paraphrase of the Bible called The Message. 
great pastor. And uh, anyway, he, this, this book, it's a devotional book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I love that title. A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. But you know what? I, and this is what I know. The people that I, that I look to, in kind of my, my own personal heroes of the faith, are people who uh, maybe are not brand new Christians. Flash in the pan, you know, doing flashy stuff, you know. All, all, that's not who I look to. I look to people who have long periods of time down the road, consistency in their faith. Consistency in their faith. The same is true about church life, and, and I would say even specifically about our church here with Living Hope. I want to have a long, I don't want to have a, a, you know, let's get huge overnight type of view. I mean, if God blesses in that way, fine, but, but that's out of my control. What I want to do is a long view of church here in Dixon, a long view. I, uh, before I came here, uh, I was in youth ministry and, you know, I was kind of the stereotypical youth pastor where I would, you know, stay in a church for two or three years and then move on to a different church and, you know, just not have a very long uh, stay in any particular place. <coughs> and, uh, and shortly after I moved here, I remember, uh, Phil will remember this, we were having a, an elder meeting. And uh, I don't know, I had been here maybe six months or so. And, uh, and, I, and I remember telling the, our elders, I said, uh, I've had this kind of realization that we're not going to experience some explosive growth all up front, all up front. That it's going to be, we got to have a long view of things. That God is going to bless and God is going to grow and our influence is going to increase in this community. But it's going to be through perseverance and through consistency. And through us just being faithful, being faithful. And we'll have great days like, you know, big Easter's. And yesterday we had 800 people here at, you know, or over more than 800 people at our Easter egg hunt. It was such a fun day. And we'll have big kind of moments like that. But that's not what defines us. What ultimately will define us is, are we a church who were faithful in the context that God called us to be? And you can only define faithfulness by longevity longevity because it's easy to be faithful for a moment anybody can be faithful for a moment i mean even failed marriages where there was adultery they were faithful for a moment but that's not how you define faithfulness is it you've defined faithfulness by a long obedience a long obedience in the same direction i want that kind of power in my life where i i experience just again, that resurrection, that Holy Spirit power in my life. I don't want to be fluttering around. So this is the last point I want to leave with you. Go ahead and put that up. It's this. Here it comes. Don't settle for a flutter when you were when you were made to fly. When you were meant to fly. Don't settle for a flutter when you were meant to fly. And maybe you're that person here this morning that you know. Um, uh, you know, I, we, let, let's be honest with ourselves, okay? The reason we have a big crowd on Easter is because everybody comes home on Easter, and and uh, and there are some of you, and I'm not I'm not condemning you. I'm not judging you or anything like that. But there are some of you who walked in the door this morning and you haven't been here in a while. You haven't been like just church or whatever. It just hasn't been a priority to you. You've been uh, busy. You know, life is crowded in on you. Maybe you've felt a little discouraged in your faith and you've been one of those kind of people that kind of been, have been kind of slowly backing away. Uh, you know, whatever the reason, that, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not judging you and whatever that case is. This is what I know. Uh, it's time for you to stop kind of fluttering and fighting in the wind and learn through the Holy Spirit, how to soar in your faith. How to soar in your faith. 
That means you've got to rise up above some things that are going to try to bring you down. That means you've got to have a long view of, of your faith. That means you've got to have a clear view of who God is in your life. That also means that you have to not rest your, your faith on yourself, but rest in Jesus. Rest in Jesus. Can I be honest with you? If, if, if we had kind of a, a legalistic view of who should do what, <laughs> um, based on... <laughs> I don't know, based on merit or good works or whatever else, uh, I would not be your pastor. I would not be your pastor. I'm not saying I'm evil. (laughs) Well, I'll let the Bible say that I'm evil. (laughs) I'm just, here's the deal. It's not that I'm a bad person. I'm not a bad person, but I'm a flawed person. I'm a failed person. And there are times... Uh, even as the pastor of a church, there are times that I, that I'm, you know, I, I look at my day or my week, and I'm going, man, have I grown at all? Am I still making, you know, this mistake or that mistake or you know, why? And there are times I feel victorious. There are times I feel powerful, and then there are times that I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the smart thing to do is. Back away, back away, because I don't want to be a hypocrite. None of us do. But here, here's, the, here's the deep, dark secret of the church. We're all hypocrites. We're all hypocrites. None, we don't, none of us want to be. None of us want to be. But you know what a hypocrite is? A person who leans into the power of Jesus Christ and will see themselves as perfect looking through the eyes of God, knowing that you're not perfect. I'm not perfect, and none of us are, and that's okay because it doesn't, it's not about us. It's about God. It's about his cross. It's about the fact that God looks at us, and he doesn't see us. He sees his son, Jesus. It's that Jesus stands in our place. He stands in our place, and he says, this guy is a flutterer at best, at best, but I will make him soar. I will make him soar. I will empower him to do the things. Go back and look through the stories of the heroes of the faith in the Bible. And what you'll see is a, a series of stories about people who, um, who stumbled over and over and over. And many of them in much more monumental ways than you've ever thought about stumbling. And what you'll find is that it wasn't about them. It was about the power of God through them. So this is what I'm going to do and what I want to invite you to do. I want, I want to invite you with me to present yourself, your broken, beat up, failing, uh, faulty self to God and, said, and, said, and just say to God, God, you said that through my weakness, you would be powerful. And I've given you a lot of room to work. I've given you a lot of room to work. So take this weak, messed up person and be powerful. Be powerful through me. And I will not define myself by my mistakes I will not define myself by my, my, by my failures or my sins. I will just be faithful. I will have a long view of this faith. I will keep moving forward a long obedience in the same direction, in the same direction. I will not fizzle out. I'm looking to finish well. Anybody else want to finish well? I want to finish well. Let's finish well together. Let's pray. Father, we love you.
We thank you so much for your word to us this morning. We thank you for the resurrection power that we we have available uh, to us through your son, Jesus Christ, God. And we look forward to the day when you make all things right and when we get to share in that resurrection uh, with uh, your son, Jesus, that that we get to experience that power and that glory when you that day when you set all things right. But until then, while we're still walking on this earth and sometimes crawling and sometimes stumbling and sometimes running and looking like we're winning, whatever it looks like in our lives, God, help us to have a long view of following You help us to think about being faithful to you. Keep us obedient to you. Keep us close to you. Keep us close to you. God, we want to soar. We want to mount up with these wings like eagles, like you've said that we could. And so we will wait on you. We will hope in you. There is no hope in me. There is no hope even in each other at the end of the day. God, there is only hope in you. Perfect hope. So, God, we rest in the perfect hope that is you. We give you all the praise and all the glory because you alone deserve it. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, the risen Son. Amen. Amen.